Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast where we discuss everything you need to take your GEA performance to the next level. On this week's episode I'm delighted to be joined by Shane Finn. Shane is an endurance athlete that has ran and cycled across the USA and has also completed 24 marathons in 24 days. So yes, it's an unbelievable achievement so I'm delighted to have him on the podcast. So Shane, thanks a million for coming on the podcast, really appreciate you giving up your time to come on. Thanks for having me, man. Much appreciated. No problem at all. As we were just saying before I pressed record, you're one person that I look at and go, good God, how the hell did he manage that? So for anybody that doesn't know you or know what you're about, I suppose if you just give a short synopsis about your background, because I'm sure if you start going into all the nitty gritties, we'd be here for months. So just a synopsis of Sure, sure. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a case of like where where do you start? Uh, where do you end? Um, mm-hmm. I suppose uh, to give a very brief uh, background, really. I suppose I am. I've been doing this kind of stuff for ten years now. <laughs> I think some people kind of forget that as well. Uh, some people think I kind of just burst on the scene there after the twenty four marathons. But um, yeah. no, I've been I've been. Uh, I suppose I ran my first marathon when I was eighteen. Uh, I just turned eighteen, and uh, I actually had a lot of trouble trying to sign up for it because I wasn't. 18 at the time signing mm-hmm. up and stuff like that and it was uh, just this thing that came into my head literally out of nowhere uh, I said I was going to run the Dingle Marathon I'm from Dingle in County Kerry mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me and uh, my my first cousin Mary has a has a disability and she's she's been wheelchair bound her whole life and um, I just wanted to raise money for the charity that was it I was 18 years old I uh, thought I was fit you know I played football um, you know the, the, like every young footballer thinks they can do anything do you know what I mean yeah. so um, so signed up, signed up for the Dingle Marathon, and um, I think I, I, I'm from a where I'm from in West Kerry. It's very remote, uh, which I like. And uh, I, I ran Inch Beach twice before the marathon, thinking I was ready to rock. Then you know, <laughs> good to uh, But I got a fair, <coughs> land. Uh, I got a fair, I got a fair dusting on that first day. And um, to this date, uh, I stand beside it. It's the hardest thing I've ever done is that doing that first marathon because I was so underprepared. Mm-hmm. And I was so naive, I suppose, really. Um, I had no idea about sports science or I had no idea about nutrition or periodization or training or physiology to the extent that I know now. Um, and I just suffered. I like I literally put me into a, a very, very I went to a very, very dark place on that day and I'll never forget it. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I but at the same time it, it kind of sparked something in me. I actually had just dropped out of college and uh, I was struggling a bit myself, to be honest, mentally. Um Physically, I was fine. I was working. I'm always a bit of a go-getter anyways, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I just felt a little bit lost, to be honest, you know. And uh, I had left school. I was still playing football and stuff like that, you know, because uh, from, again, where I'm from in Kerry, like, we don't have many other sports, really, to be honest, sense, other, yeah. than, other than Gaelic football. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, it was great. I, I mean, you make, some, you make friends for life out of it and stuff like that. But I just wasn't fulfilled. And I always knew, like it's funny even going back to the Gaelic football training like I was I used to I was a weirdo that loved the running yeah, I mean I, that guy I'm that guy that was like <laughs> you know the rest of the lads be like fucking hold back will you do you know what I mean so I was always very fit Um, I was always naturally very fit as a child as well you know I was always outside running around the place and parents couldn't get me to come down from trees and walls and up yeah. the hills 
you know so i i suppose i just i just kept on to that as i grew you know and it was great like i i enjoyed it and i suppose that first marathon it shocked me you know i thought again look young, young lad i thought i had it all figured out and i thought i was fit and strong do it and ah sure marathon's nothing but it brought me back down to earth very quickly in, in two more ways than one in two ways in particular the way i suffered and then three i actually realized that hold on a sec you're you're you're, you're not as uh, you're not as tough or you're not as fit as you think you are but, um, you know, I suppose instead of that scaring me off, it, it did for a while. I'm not going to lie, I couldn't walk properly for probably a week. And, you know, I, I did try to go back to college and, uh, you like, repeat my exams and stuff. And it just didn't work out. I just decided one day I was like, I was inside in a lab uh, with like scientists. And I was just like, I, I fucking hate this. I'm out. Um, and I literally walked down to the office and I signed myself out of college and I drove home and uh, that was it really from there on you know I was like you know what I like this fitness crack I really like it um, and I suppose fast forward then to I was 2020 and uh, I had a large a, uh, a large fitness business going literally within two and a half years we had one of the biggest gyms in, in, in Munster actually back at the time um, and I was only I, in this year of me turning 2021. 20, um, I was still running. I was still doing marathons here and there. I was getting obviously very fit from an endurance perspective. Uh, still learning as I went, you know. I'm still learning to this day. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, obviously, I went back. I trained in kind of fitness and strength conditioning and stuff like that. Was well, something I was actually really passionate about. And um, yeah, I literally, literally, like couldn't like didn't stop from there you know um yeah i've now since moved on from that fitness business i'm not involved anymore uh but i tell you one thing um set up my own business and and having a large sum of money over your head from the by the banks and i tell you i learned more in that four and a half five years than i did uh, would have been any college and that's no disrespect to anybody that went to college but for me personally Um, I, I just learned so much from about myself, about what business means, about how you treat people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and all the time, the background, I was still pushing myself from a physical perspective too with, with the running and stuff, you know. Um, back in 2014, um, I was at a conference in Dublin. Uh, myself and my business partner, Mark, at the time, we had just bought our first van for the business and uh, we were delighted and it broke down in Dublin the day of the conference and I rang my dad and, uh, you know, as you do, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, you know what you can do now? You can run home. So obviously I couldn't run home from Dublin, but as I was got the van sorted and fixed and I was, I was actually driving out of Dublin, I was like, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> so uh, I, I clocked it and it was about nine marathons. And, uh, I, you know, I wasn't at the time I was really, I had done like, I think up at that point, done like 11 marathons or something in training or in, in different races here and there and stuff. But I knew again, bringing you back to the charity thing, mm-hmm. I knew I had to do something a bit fucking mad kind of to, to try raise more money, you know? something different something that hadn't really been done before so yeah literally in 2014 i ran from from phoenix park to dingle like straight across ireland uh and took me 12 days i ran a marathon every day for 12 days and, and finished and we raised like 33 grand which is a lot of cash um, and it was fantastic and I, I really really enjoyed it and i suppose from 2014 2017 i took a i took a bit of a break um from the multi-day ultra endurance stuff because our business was growing very very rapidly i mean we were linking and i'm still actually working with a university in america and um, we were actually their only uh facility or whatever to send students abroad so they would send their sports science students on their Erasmus or their internships to us in Dingle and we would, you know, work with them and stuff like that. And that was growing and we had people traveling from all over Ireland to train with us. And it was just, it was nuts. I was training the, uh, 
a couple of senior teams in Kerry. Mark was training the Kerry Miners and the Kerry under 21s and we, 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 we were literally putting down 90 hours a week and it was great. We loved every minute of it. Obviously, obviously I didn't have time to be off uh, running around the country. Yeah. So, um, but you know what? It was good and uh, I was still training away. I was still honing my skills and honing my craft and learning. Um, and then it was in the Christmas of 2015. <clears throat> I, uh, you know, typical rural Ireland family we spend, we're, we're always kind of quite close for Christmas. Um, and I, you know, I met, happened to meet my cousin Mary's doctor and her family at the same time. And uh, he informed me that, you know, that, that like, you know, what you're doing for your cousin is amazing. And I know how much she talks about you all the time and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he proceeded to tell me when she had left the room that like, you, I don't know if you understand, like, but this girl feels the feeling of pain 24 hours a day. And uh, it, it, it that probably is one of you know there's a couple of moments throughout your whole life that you remember uh for me that's one of them it's almost like one of those like we all know where we were when 9-11 happened or when you got the news about 9-11 that was kind of like almost like a 9-11 moment for me because it really hit me very very hard again you know i suppose i was living in a bubble really with my my life my business and what i was doing and all this kind of stuff and it was all about me mm-hmm. and uh, not like not saying i was an incredibly selfish person but yeah. i would just focus on my own stuff you know yeah. which is good too <clears throat> and i suppose that that changed my perspective massively you know and uh, I then decided to run 24 marathons in 24 days to represent an hour in a day uh, of somebody with a disability and their family. Because it's not, it's not just the person with the disability that, that, that struggles, it's their family too. And I've seen that with my own family, you know, um, it's, it's everybody's burden almost, you know what I mean? I'm not sure if burden's the right word to use, but it's everybody's uh, responsibility to, to look after that person, you know, and it's, 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 a, it's a tough thing. And obviously I had gotten to meet a lot of families around Ireland and, and kids and young parents and older parents. And I suppose I really grew to become a part of the charity almost, you know. Um, and then, yeah, that was it. We executed it. We, we got it done. I, I suppose, again, I like the kind of person I am. I, you know, I set these goals and I do the, I do it. And then when I have it done, I realize, okay, okay, look, you thought that was your limit and you've got there. Like, what, what can you give again? And it, like after the 24 marathons, I swore that like that was it for a long time. Like, a physically it took a lot out of me b financially i put a lot into it c uh you know running at the time quite a a busy business uh it was irresponsible of me to be doing these things all the time so i said that was it um listeners listen like that's no like 24 marathons in 24 days you know and it's like i done that so then i went on and i'm sitting here going 24 marathons in 24 days yeah, like for anybody, I've never done a marathon, but for anybody that's done one, I'd say they're just like, I could not even comprehend getting up the next day after that to do another yeah. one. The human body is, is an amazing piece of equipment. Uh, we are all machines and like the one thing about the human body is that it's very adaptable and the body will adapt to whatever stimulus you 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 give it. And you know, I, I, it's why I perceive, you know, like if you give somebody that's very sedentary, like they're going to get used to sitting down all day, every day. And that's what their body is now normally used to. However, if you get up and say you have to run 42 kilometers every day, um, during the 24 marathons, I used to feel my best while I was running because that was now my new normal. You know, um, I, we obviously quite sore and stuff in the mornings and the appetite wouldn't be great and whatnot. But once as I got an hour in, I was, I was rocking, I was rolling again, I was flying. Do you know what I mean? So the body's very smart. And, you know, we, we think that, um, 
you know, we have these physical limitations. I mean, there's more out there. There's more out there for everybody, not just me. Um, there's more out there. If you think, you know, you can't even do a 5K or you can't even do your first marathon, you, you, you can't. Anybody can do it, you know. Um, but it's just about, I suppose, breaking it down. And then, I suppose, people look at the 24 days. Um, I mean, I, I, I broke it down so small and minute. I broke it down to five-kilometer chunks. So I broke down a 600-mile event into a five-kilometer chunks, you know. And I just had to do eight 5K a day for 24 days and that was it you know what I mean it was keep ticking them off day by day so that was kind of how I went about that and when you're preparing for that is it in your head or I know you broke it down but do you think about the 24 marathons or are you literally just taking it I need to train for this and then dealing with it when I come or do you mentally prepare for what possibly will come throughout the days that are within the marathon yeah it's it's a it's a good question because you it, it's a double-edged sword really because obviously you want to think about the bigger picture and um, you want to think about the end goal i think that's very important for everybody no matter if it's an endurance goal or just a normal life goal you want to think about where you want to go but sometimes we lose sight that you know you can't get to the top of the stairs by by skipping all the steps yeah. so you know i i i, I promised myself that i knew exactly where i'd be on the last day i knew i'd be coming into dingle on the last day and that's all i needed to know but I knew that in order to get there, I'd have to tick off every day as I went. And I couldn't disrespect day one or day two um, because I was, all I was doing was thinking about day 24. Um, and to be honest, like when I'm in it, then when I am like physically in something like this, um, it's happened in America as well. I didn't even know what day it was. The crew would have to remind me. And I was just literally in the mode of moving forward. And that was it, you know, ticking the days off. Because I knew if I kept getting up every morning and putting on my shoes and my shorts and my t-shirt and like giving it like getting myself to where I was meant to be to start uh, I could give it a go and then if I gave it a go I knew if I finished that day it was like okay it's recovering you just need to do that again tomorrow um you know and then the and then the end day comes closer you know but um it's 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 both actually so I didn't really answer the question but it's it's a it's a it's a mixture of both yeah. I think about the end goal but I also think about that in order to get there I have to tick off the smaller ones along the way as well yeah and I think yours is on a massive scale but I think as you said in, in marketing run or in life or whatever I think people get caught up on that final day that final day and then when they're day 10 in they're like oh no nah, this isn't for me because they haven't even yeah. talked about the smaller picture small goals picking up as you said going up the steps you need to take it step by step so I think that, I just wanted to get your opinion on that because I think that's very important for anybody listening to understand that you need to have that bigger goal and that want and that why but that's never going to happen without all the smaller steps and the smaller days that go along with it. It's something I think a lot of people, uh, it, it is, from a mindset's perspective, it's very hard to think of the big picture. For me, like it's, 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 for, it's things I do are nearly a month in duration. Mm. And it's hard to stay mentally, like you prepare for one half marathon to preparing for what I was doing is very different, very, very different. So for me to stay mentally you know, thinking about the last day would have mentally drained me if I was thinking about it every day. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just thought about the day at hand. I mean, I wouldn't know what day of the week it is. I wouldn't know what date it is. All I knew was day 10, day 20, whatever day it was, that was it. I was in that day. I had to be present on that day and give it my best. And then I knew if I gave it my best, I give, my, I give myself the best shot again to the last day. Same when, you know, somebody's, you know, training for weight loss you know what i mean They're, they have a number they want to get to but in order to get to that number they have to show up and give what they can on that day um, in order to get to where they want to go i think it's it's relevant to everybody i i, I talk about it quite a lot actually yeah. I talk about it very often yeah and i think it, 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 you say you're talking in your own podcast and stuff and we'll talk about it a bit later but 
it's so important that people do understand and not just listen to a podcast like this and go, oh, I don't know how he done it. It's great he done it. It's relevant to what you're doing too, like what you've prepared for, how you prepared, how you went about it. It's someone else's, you know, that's what you went for. But for someone who's just looking to do a 5K, it's the same kind of principles, you know. You still Absolutely. need to have that end goal and then steps in play to lose the, get the first 100 steps, the first 1,000 yeah. steps, you know. So yeah, it's all, it's, all, it's all relative. I would often compare myself to a lady who wants to run her first 5K or maybe the, a, a busy dad who wants to just do a first 10K. It doesn't matter. Like, it's, it's actually relative. So it's everything's – I would never compare myself to anybody else. Um, I've become quite good at that. And, I mean, yeah, I, have mu- I have as much respect for anybody doing their first 5K than I do for anybody doing their first ultramarathon or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you have to – you have to start somewhere and you have to get somewhere that you want to go. And that takes massive courage, no matter what, it, no matter what it is. So, um, yeah, it's, it's the same for everybody, but it's sometimes the scale there, or the, the needle just moves a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The scale does get quite large. All right. Cause I'd see just I was making a few notes and then on my page, I've circled here around 24 marathons, 24 days, and then ran and cycled across the U S of A. So I'm just looking at this going good. Christ. Yeah, that was uh, that was the unexpected one. Actually, it's like uh, it's funny. Like you know, when when like uh, I'm I'm not married. I don't have any kids. But like when 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 a, when a couple have like an unexpected child, the, the American Ultra was kind of my unexpected child. Really, to be honest, that they weren't really planning. You know, I wasn't planning this. I wasn't. It wasn't in my agenda. It wasn't even in my radar. And all happened didn't happen really quickly. But the the concept and the uh, the execution happened quite quickly. And. Um, I suppose about two months after I finished the runner on Ireland, I was in the US at the university that I teach with. And um, yeah, it was just a rant. It was a beautiful summer's day. I'll never, it's, it's, it's like going back to this kind of 9-11 moment again, you know, and exactly where I was when I came up with the idea. I was in a coffee shop sitting outside by the window, like sun on my face, like on my laptop. I was like, this is perfect, you know. Um, and I just got a phone call from the charity saying that their funding had been cut by 50 grand for next year. And uh, we just, you know, we just finished up the fundraising for the 24 and 24, where we raised 142 grand, um, which is a lot of cash, you know. And, um, you know, the government cut their funding by 50 grand, just clicking their finger, sent a letter, sent an email or something, and it was gone. So basically what that meant was that there was there was kids in Ireland not going to get to go to a summer camp. Um, there was parents not going to get respite. There was kids not going to get new wheelchairs and stuff like that. And it really pissed me off, to be quite honest, because we worked so hard in the 24 to bring people together and to get momentum behind it and to raise funds and et cetera, et cetera. Um, for, you know, and look, it happens all the time. It's not just at the charity I represent. It's every charity. Do you know what I mean? They just get getting these kicks in the teeth and getting knocked while they're down, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, but when you see the, like, you know, you see things happening like the, I know it's an important thing to do, but like the chart, like the government have no problem like dropping two million into the FAI when they yeah. squandered all that money. Do you know what I mean? It's a different yeah. topic, but things like that would really anger me. You know what I mean? So I was like, well, you know, if that's the case, that that's a sign from from whoever is up there, God or whoever that you know, I gotta go again. You know, um, and I was in America at the time, and the town that like this, it's not a city, but the town I work where I work is in right in between New York and uh, Boston and right along the water and a beautiful little place and I was walked down to the beach and I looked out at the Atlantic Ocean and I was like that's it I have to cross America um, but then I went back to that cafe that I was sitting at when I got the phone call and I said you know I'm gonna open up my laptop and I realized that America is is, is huge so <laughs> absolutely massive uh, it's a lot bigger than Ireland and a lot bigger than Kerry so <clears throat> I uh, 
I put plans in place and I was kind of, you know, I was kind of looking and blah, 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 you know. And I had already, literally within 10 minutes, I decided I was going to start in the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco on the Pacific Ocean. And I was going to finish on the Brooklyn Bridge in New York, which was uh, obviously the Atlantic Ocean, opposite sides of the continent, two of the biggest cities in the world. So I was like, perfect, makes sense, you know. Massive Irish communities in both places. Um, I was like, it was great. And the reason I wanted to finish in New York was my cousin Mary, ever since she was a child, has dreamed of going to New York. So I was like, if it's the last thing I do, I said, we'll get Mary to New York for that last day. Um, so off I went and I, we kind of come up with the idea to bike and run um, because to run it would have actually taken me, I worked it out at 111 days. I was like, I don't have that amount of time. I said, maybe in the future when I'm like retired or whatever, but uh, like I didn't have that amount of time to be putting uh that like into something like that and plus when it comes down to kind of uh support crews and things like mm -hmm. that it, it you know all the like anything i do my, my family's involved as well so <clears throat> you know i think it's the thing I've, i have to think of a lot of people when i'm doing these things and um you know so anyway i came home you know i, I ran up by my family uh initially actually they were very excited um you know my, my dad said straight away he's like i'm in i'll, I'll go with you um, so the minute I knew I had my, my, my father, my father would be one of the, my main kind of support crew guys. Um, the minute he was in, I knew that was it. It was going to happen. You know, I said, regardless of anything else, it's happening. And then my physio, um, you know, I was, I had a session with her and she was like, she literally said she'd quit her job and come. And I was like, geez, this thing's building momentum, you know, yeah. um, so went to the charity and they were obviously delighted. Uh, and anyway, off we went, you know, we executed, we, we, we put the plans in place. We, we spent three months planning the whole thing, like literally day by day, route by route. That all went out the window on day two. Um, you know, but we got it done and I got to New York on the last day. Mary got there. Uh, my aim was to raise what the charity got lost from, from the government and that was 50. We raised 70. So it was a, it was a great success. Um, phenomenal, like phenomenal trip, phenomenal country, phenomenal people. Yeah. Uh, and I'll never forget it. And um, but I'm definitely taking a break now for a while. Like definitely, I don't matter what sign I get from whoever looks there. I ain't doing anything for a while. That's for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure when you say this to people who really know you, they're just waiting on that next thing. I he says that, but something's yeah, coming down the road. No, I, th I, 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 it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a while. I, I, I have other things I want to do at the moment, and. Um, crossing america or another continent is not one of them for a while anyways at least <laughs> well i definitely think that you have your charity ticked off at this stage and that side of things well and yeah. truly covered for yourself that's that's yeah. amazing money to be raising for charity and as you said it's benefiting people that need respite need wheelchairs like right on the ground that people do need it and that's like massive credit for that yeah it's it's great because as well i suppose one of the things for me is it's not like like so since even i ran that first marathon when i was 18 that i lived to that i actually nearly died doing uh we've raised like 300 grand like it's a lot of money a lot of cash but the, the other thing the other side of it is that it's it's not about the money either at the end of the day what it's about is about giving young people that i've met that are some of the kids i've met from running my first marathon are no longer alive they're no longer with us some of the people that crewed for me in my 24 marathons you know people in wheelchairs members that did bucket collections and um, some of them are no longer with us you know what i mean so even yeah the money's great but just to give people hope to give them something mm -hmm. to be a part of you know to get them feel like they're included in something and that they're you know really a part of something special and um, that was for me that was the most important thing uh, and that's what gave me the most satisfaction really was seeing you know young people that have no reason to smile 
uh, smiling, you know, and it's it's really cool when you can do that for somebody and do that for a family. Um, you know, it's it's fantastic. It's addictive. It's very very addictive. And you know, it's a like I said, it's a double edged sword. I mean, yeah, I, I feel a need to to help people. I feel like that's that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I think what I'm going doing in the future, it's it's everything's around helping people in some way or another. Um, and you know, but there's a there's a side to it as well. Like deep down. I just love pushing myself and I, I really love finding out like what's in there and what I want to made of. Um, and if I can do that and help other people, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's perfect. It's a perfect. It's a perfect situation. You know what I mean? When you say, and I, that I like for people listening to this that are like, I want to be like that. I want to have that mindset of wanting to push myself. Yeah. What advice would you give someone that's thinking about doing a marathon or thinking about just doing anything that's going to push themselves. What piece mm-hmm. of advice would you give them? Um, my, my, I, I give them a, a couple, of, rather than one piece, I give them two or three small little bits. And, yeah. and, and they would be, first of all, would be the only person that you should be kind of looking up to is the person that you see in the mirror every morning. That, that, that has to be your most important role model. Um, and that's why I go through peaks and troughs of using social media. Like I, I, I love it because I've connected mm-hmm. with some amazing people and I hate it because it paints such a bad picture for people. Um, people paint this perfect picture, everything's great and this is what I've done and this is what I this is what I do and then other people think that's what they should be doing and that's what they should be striving to do and I think that's very unhealthy. Um, so again, I really have to kind of strip back and realize that, you know, when I'm in America or when I'm in Ireland, I said, there's nobody that's going to be able to do it for me. I have to do it myself. And I have to show up every day and I have to impress myself first before I impress anybody else, my family, my cousin, charity, my coach, anything. I have to impress myself first. Um, And again, I don't mean to sound like (laughs) a selfish arsehole saying that, but you have to, you have to, you have to fight yourself first. And unless you get past the person in the mirror, because you you can have great intention in the morning and then go out in the day and just do your, and then come back in the evening. If that person, if you look at yourself and you can go to bed saying, you know, I gave every gave it everything good, I gave it a good shot today or whatever, or you trained hard or whatever. That's when you can start building some serious consistency and some serious momentum. And when you start building, I think, momentum and a bit of consistency through your goals, I think you literally I get sometimes a feeling when I get going, I feel like I'm absolutely unstoppable. I can do whatever I want to do. Um, but I had to build myself up into that. The second thing would be I I suffer with self-doubt just like everybody else does. But some people, again, thanks to social media, think that everything's positive, everything's 100% okay. Uh, I've come up with a concept that, you know, when I do suffer self-doubt, I actually leave it in. And then I give myself a couple of minutes to actually talk to myself. And not in a kind of a weird way, but what I do is I leave it, I leave it come in and I understand that I can't completely block it out because it's human nature to be self-doubt, to have self-doubt. Um, so I let it come in and then I have a conversation with myself asking myself you know is this real or is this a story that you're telling yourself Um, and quite often it's a story that I'm telling myself because I've put myself in that situation that I'm in whether it be day 10 in the middle of nowhere in the desert in Nevada or whether it is right now sitting here talking to you on this podcast I've made that decision to put myself here and so I've backed myself so you know the the self-doubt I'm suffering with um, it's fake. It doesn't really exist. You know what I mean? So um, leave self-doubt in, but don't let it dictate what you're doing. And then the third thing would be just, 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 just pick a date. Like unless you actually pick a date or pick an event or pick a time or something like that, you're never 
ever, and I promise you, you'll never do it. You'll never get up and you'll never do it unless you put a time constraint on yourself. So people can say, oh, like you just got to set short term, long term. I don't really read into that. You have to pick a date. If you're going to do the double marathon, sign up and do it. Uh, don't kind of faff around and say, oh, I'll just do a half to build up or I'll just do, you know, I'll build up nice and slowly this year. I'll do it next year doesn't cut it with me do you're either signing up and doing it or you're not doing it at all um so like, i think part of me is like yeah you gotta obviously work with yourself gotta eliminate self-doubt you gotta pick a pick a pick an event or pick a time and do it uh, and then i think the last thing would be that uh, not sure if this is the right thing to say but there, there has to be a little bit of tough love as well like yep. you can't you know you, you you gotta be you gotta put a bit of pressure on yourself as well to be honest because i think personally that people have become very uh people can be very easy on themselves um, you know, and I think in order to be successful and to get things, you know, 80% of the time, you're not going to feel like you're doing the right thing. Uh, but it's just building that kind of inner resilience, whether it be physically or mentally um, to keep going, even on the good days and the bad days. And um, you know, there are going to be days where it's wet and it's cold. It's going to be days where you don't feel like doing it. Um, but you have to show up and do it anyways, because when a come, push comes to shove and you're 18 miles into that marathon, they're the kind of days that count and they're the days that you'll remember. So kind of gave four answers there, but uh, I think they're all kind of relevant. Totally. So, like, like, like all of them are definitely what people do. And I love like the picking a day one. I think so many people say, when I get this, I'll sign up. Or when I, when I run my first 5K, then I will sign up. Yeah. But that thing of you're saying two different things, completely different things, you know, mm. you have to be one, just because you do your 5K still doesn't mean you're going to sign up. If you sign up to a marathon, then by default, you have to do your 5K. You know, yeah. if you do it the other way around, that doesn't mean, if you do your 5K, it doesn't mean you actually have to sign up to the marathon then. Yep. And it scares people. It does. That's the thing. That's the thing. It scares people. And we, we've been... I had this conversation with uh, my neighbor. My neighbor's, uh, I think he's 80 or so. Uh, he, mm -hmm. like, he, he's one of the funniest and the wisest people I've ever met in my whole life. And he, he, he told me one thing one time. He said, um, you know, I was telling him about something I was going doing. And he turns around to me and he goes, Shane, you know what? You'll always make more money, but you'll never make more time. And like I, I said to him, I said, Jesus, Johnny, I said, you know what? That's one of the smart things I've ever heard, you know? But he also said that people are afraid to do things that scare them because they're afraid of the consequences, you know? And I remember actually telling him one day, I was like, I'm going to bike and run across America, like, you know? And he was just like, Jesus, has anybody from the parish done that before? <laughs> Irish is about six miles radius. So I was like, I don't think so, no. And, um... He was like, you know, I was telling him all about it and stuff like that. And he was just like, he'd never even, he'd never even been to America. Yeah. And he looked at me, he goes, Arsha, what's the worst that can happen? And I was like, do you know what? You're right. What, what is the worst that can happen? I don't do it. I come home. I have to go hard train again and then go back next year or whatever. He said, Arsha, give it a crack. What's the worst that can happen? You know, um, I think people are just kind of afraid and then they think too much about it and they get this thing called par paralysis by analysis. They just think too much about it and they just freak themselves out and you know what i mean i think if you can have the, the kind of attitude that my neighbor has you know uh, and just give it a go because you know time we're all losing time i think time is because the most most valuable currency in the whole world um and we all have it we all have it in abundance but people just seem to throw it away and uh it's going to run out someday uh, but we just don't know when so i intend using mine to the to the to the absolute and utter max even even going to overdraft with it if i can yeah <laughs> you get a few extra days out of it but i think yeah. what you said there too and um, picking up on picking a date and stuff like that because I find out with the people I work with it's even picking a date but it's just 
letting yourself be free of, oh, if I sign up to this and I don't do it, I'll be a laughing stock. Or what will people think if I do this? That's the big thing that kind of irks me is when you ask someone, why don't you do it? Oh, it's stupid. Well, who mm. said it's stupid? Bow, this is what you're telling yourself. Or you think someone will think it's stupid. And that's the one thing that's like, I could get into people's head is, if you could do something that you want to do, why should anybody tell you you're stupid for wanting to do it? Like, I'm sure there's people, even some that you're doing, raising so much money, putting in yeah. so much effort, but there's probably still people begrudging you and just being like, oh, that's a stupid idea. You know? Oh, yeah. I think that, so there's two things here. Um, the first thing is that I, what I've realized over the last 10 years is that behind it all and at the end of the day, I think personally nobody really cares. Do you know what I mean? You know, I, I do also think that there's a part of it where the minute that you say that you're going to do something or that you're going to um, you know, set yourself a goal or a target or, or whatever it might be, um, it, 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 it makes it makes people uncomfortable for, for one main reason. And that's because you're stepping up and pushing yourself and putting yourself out there. And they internally realize that they're staying where they are and that you're growing and you're moving forward and they're not. And they've, they're happy where they are. They've kind of flatlined. They're not really progressing in whatever it might be. It could be their personal life, it could be their fitness. And then by them, their reaction to that then is just to shed negativity on it. Um, I, I've seen that so I've that figured out with a long time, you know what I mean? And to be honest, like I have had to deal with it in different ways in the past, but at the end of the day, this is kind of Shane's life. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm writing every day. You should be kind of writing your own book and every day is a new page. Mm -hmm. um, and like, if you're writing a book for yourself to read when you're 70 or 80, you don't want somebody else writing that book. You know, you want to be writing your own notes and writing your own reflections. So it's, um, it's a difficult one. And I understand how people might struggle with it, but at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? No, nobody actually really cares. I don't, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that in a smart way, but, you know, like I remember, you know, you, you think that, oh, everybody's going to be thinking about this or worried about this or laughing at this. Nobody is really, to be honest. You think that they are, but nobody really is. And like I said, if somebody is uh, negative to you or whatever, or, or you know, talking down, et cetera, et cetera, um, quite often that's more of a reflection on them than it is on you and I wouldn't let that actually dishearten you uh, I've in fact actually used that in the past as to actually motivate me so you know it, it's funny like because I have now realized that you know if somebody says this or says, says that and I'm actually it, well I would, I would talk to myself quite a lot I was like you know that's very unfortunate I said because they're obviously very upset that they've accepted that where they are. And for me to be around them saying, I'm going to do this and that and that and that and this and that. And then when I'm finished that, I'm going to do this. I was like, I understand how it might make somebody uncomfortable. And their way to react or communicate that would be just to say negative things about it. And you need to be able to deal with that and not leave it hold you back. Yeah. And I think for people that find themselves doing that, <clears throat> the only way they can break that is they don't need to compare themselves to you, but they need to have something for themselves that they're thinking about. So they have their own goals. They're achieving and achieving and setting and achieving your goals is very addictive. The minute you start doing it, then you achieve the first thing that's on your list, even making a list for stuff to do during the day. When you can physically tick something off, you're achieving something. So I think people always think that you need to have these big, massive goals in life or there's no point doing it. You know, it can be simple daily things that can motivate yeah. you. And that can just excel to whatever it is you want it to be. Yeah, I, 
I get the most joy out of doing stuff that people don't even see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 uh, I, I get most joy out of doing the small things every day I know I should be doing that I might find difficult or, you know, that might have come natural to me or whatever, you know. Um, I've noticed that for in order for me to be happy, I need, actually need to do stuff. I need to do smaller things in life. And that's, uh, it could be, it could, they're very, very simple. They're not, it's not, might not be the 24 marathons, 24 days or running and biking across America. It's actually doing things on a Monday and Tuesday morning that I know I should be doing. Um, that's what actually gives me massive joy. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's, uh, people think that, you know, everyone's like, oh, what's next? What's next? And I'm like, I don't know. I said, I'm going to, you know, I do know myself, but I said, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to go and do this. or I'm going to qualify for that. Or, you know, I said, I'm just going to keep doing what I do every day and enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. like I said, it's, 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 uh, people do feel under pressure as well, I suppose, in society nowadays, everybody's doing this and that and every, I suppose social media is giving everybody a voice as well, which is a great thing. Um, But it's also it's not as it's a voice but it's also a massive showreel of all the good things yeah. um, and then because you see somebody succeeding or somebody doing something um it's funny when you when you strip it back you don't see what else is going on you know what i mean so i think it's very important to to yeah you you know look at people for for inspiration mm-hmm. uh but you need to look at yourself for motivation i think that's really really important i mean you know like take um take david goggins for example i would love i love consuming his audio stuff and it's but you know I, I don't sit there and like put my fist through the wall after listening to him i was like you know what i understand like where this guy's coming from but it's funny because i see people online literally quoting him living him trying to be like him and i'm like it'll it'll, it'll and after a while it wears out i i've seen it numerous numerous times so you know in order for people to uh they think they need to be like somebody or because somebody says something they want to be like them or whatever um but it's funny like my 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 kind of i suppose motivation it never really wanes it always it is what it is because i'm 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 battling myself no matter where it is or you know at the end of the day i'm shane i'm not david goggins or whatever you know what i mean or whoever you want to compare yourself to or whoever you listen to or consume content from so i think that's really important to to not let people you know put people obviously we put we have to put people up in pedestals and that that's that's great but 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 use that as inspiration for yourself that you know if this person can do it why can't i do it and then go back into working on yourself rather than emulating anybody else i think that's important too yeah i think it's i think it's very important for people to understand that their happiness might be what other people are so you might look at someone on social media and think they have a great life but if you sit down and think about it you might realize that Okay, it looks great, but I actually wouldn't even like that life, you know. So why yeah. should you look at someone and think, "Oh, I'd have a class life"? When you really wouldn't like to be living out a suitcase, traveling around the world. When it comes down to it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important that people understand what success or what it is that they want themselves. Because if you're always looking at external stuff, you will actually never find it and never come across it. You will never be happy if you don't know what happiness is for you yeah it's it's like i said it's it's doing like it's doing the bike sessions and doing the runs and doing the it's doing the stuff that nobody sees that's yeah. that's what i really like because you know at the end of the day if 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 there was nobody even there to want i i would still do it do you know what i mean because it makes me really happy and i really enjoy it so uh you know when it comes down to it i think if there was nothing left for me in the world to do i'd still do what i'm doing today you know and i, I think that's why you know, I don't, I don't struggle with, I'm, I'm, I'm as motivated on Wednesday as I am on a Sunday morning. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it is what it is. And I suppose I've made what I'm doing part of my life. I've made it part of my identity. It is who I am. Um, I am who it is, you know? So I think that's, uh, I think that's really important. It's took me a while to get there, but uh, if it's something I think people can kind of use or, or take away, I think it's, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. 
And I think we leave it on that point because I think the stuff we've talked about, I hope, I genuinely hope your people listen. I'd love for someone to say, right, that's it. This is it. Because that's what this podcast is about. And that's why I wanted you on. And it's even now I'm like, oh, I need to listen back to that to get all out of it. Because it means so much. But I just hope that people realize that although you've done extreme things, it can apply on whatever it is the person is that's listening to whatever it is you want to do. So yeah, if, absolutely. if you're thinking about doing something now and you're listening to this, please sign up, pick a date, go for it. Don't leave it any longer than now. So Shane, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate giving up your time and appreciate all the stuff that you've given to the listeners. Thanks so much for having me on, man. Much appreciated. Really enjoyed the conversation and hopefully, uh, hopefully people enjoy it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you want to find out more information about my Mindset for Performance programs, where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place. We look at goal setting, identifying key milestones and targets, obstacles that may occur, accountability, and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time, keep moving forward.